You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We're here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine. So be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your May 29th edition of the show, and on this episode, we're going to discuss the uh, surprise Pedroia uh, press conference uh, that took place on Memorial Day. Um, and we're also going to talk about the bullpen implosion uh, against Cleveland last night. Um, today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book one of your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. All right, Matt, uh, let's kick it off with uh, a, l- a little news as to why we probably uh, didn't record. Um, we didn't record on Memorial Day. Uh, you guys were all at cookouts, so were we. Um, so, you know, we took the day oh, off. Well, I wasn't either, actually. I was just trying to sound cooler than I am. but um, I worked. Um, I did not work, but I did not do a cookout. I um, I was uh, cleaning my house, um, like top to bottom, like doing one of those um, those like basement cleans, you know. Um, not exactly a, a blast, but uh, you know, during this whole day, um, we got a surprise uh, press conference from Dustin Pedroia, where um, you know, Petey went out there with Dave Dombrowski, Alex Cora, um, and. Once I heard this was happening, I actually texted you and I was like, geez, like, what is this going to be? Is this going to be like a retirement? Like, this is this is kind of crazy. It's not normal for him to do this. Uh, and Pedroia came out and basically said that, um, and, and this is just to sum up some of the key points, uh, that he needs some time. He's not sure if he's going to be able to play again. Um, he's not thinking of another surgery. Um, the pain is to a point where it wasn't allowing him to play. Um he had to ask the trainer to, to actually take him out, and uh, after you know sleeping on the pain, uh, he would wake up, and sometimes the pain you know was just as bad when he woke up, which sounds terrible. Um, he also said he's not announcing his retirement right now, um, but he's uh, he's taking a, a step back to assess the situation uh, and do whatever makes most sense for him. Um, but overall, I, I think this one uh, had the tone of uh a guy who was kind of going to take some time to come to grips with the fact that uh, his body is no longer cooperating with him enough to be a baseball player at this point. So uh, it was pretty shocking, and uh, it's a huge deal because Pedro is one of those classic Red Sox. Yeah, the, the whole vibes around this press conference was really weird. Um, it was just so unlike Pedroia, um, just in terms of, like, attitude, like, I don't think he really sounded defeated, but he sounded like, I'm trying to think of, like, an analogy, just, like, when you, like, everybody's been through these, some sort of situation where you never want to admit something to yourself, and you go on and on, and then you finally have to, and it's, like, the worst feeling in the world, that's kind of the vibes I got from Pedroia. Um, 
I think he is probably going to try one more time. I don't think it's going to work. Um, I was relatively confident in this comeback, um, but I just, at this point, I don't think that it's going to go well. But, I mean, I think the best-case scenario at this point is that he has sort of his David Wright moment where he comes out for a game and gets a couple at-bats in front of the home crowd and we get to see him one more time. But uh, knowing Pedroia, I think he's going to try and do a little more than that. He's just going to give it some time and once he's out once he's not playing for a little while i think he'll get the itch again yeah and i don't really expect this to come to a, a resolution anytime soon i think he's he's really going to take his time with this like he should uh you wrote an article basically saying the same thing uh yesterday you know everybody's well, not everybody we we shouldn't lump everybody together with this but there are a lot of red sox fans out there just clamoring for him to retire um and you know, it's it's been one of the more annoying things that we've seen in the comments section. It's gross. Yeah, it's just it's weird. I don't really get it. I don't really get the the whole like just screaming at someone to retire. Um, yeah, it's really weird. It's weird. I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of people doing that, and Pedroia can take all the time he needs. He can take till till the end of his 2021 season if he wants. Um, to to continue to try and heal and rehab this thing. He's not on the 40-man at this point now that he's on the 60-day. Um, so he can do what he wants, um, and he should do what he wants um, because he's he's had a top-10 career for a Red Sox uh, player basically ever, um, and he deserves it. So, um, you know, we, we wish him the best, obviously. Um, I think he's a lock to get his number retired with the Red Sox. Um I think that's going to happen basically uh, almost on the same timeline as it happened for David Ortiz. Uh, he's won two World Series. He's won an MVP with this team. He's won a Rookie of the Year, four-time All-Star, a uh, couple gold gloves, Defensive Player of the Year, Silver Slugger. Um, I think he's the greatest second baseman in the history of the Red Sox. I hope he's a lock. I don't. It, the Red Sox have always been a little bit stricter than other teams with uh, retiring numbers. Although I think they've become more lenient in recent years. So, um, yeah. Somebody asked me about this. I don't. I'm not convinced that it's going to happen. At least not right away. But I definitely think it should, and I really hope it does. I hope I'm just misreading the situation. Yeah. Um, why? Why are you apprehensive about it? It just, I mean, I know this isn't a role anymore, but it used to be um, you had to make the Hall of Fame to get it, and it just feels like they've always kind of had higher standards. And, I mean, is great. This His career sort of ending prematurely, assuming that it is over, is going to prevent him from being that Hall of Fame type player. But, I mean, you're probably right. I just, it always just seems like they're a little stricter with their uh, requirements. See, I actually think he will make the Hall of Fame, too. Oh, I would be extremely surprised if that happened. I think he's racked up enough hardware in his career. Um, and there are a lot of second basemen in the Hall of Fame right now that he has uh, better career totals than in terms of war and things like that. So, um, and, and very few of those guys have MVP awards to go along with it. Yeah, I don't know if he has the counting stats to get in. Maybe not. We'll uh, we'll definitely see how this one plays out, but I think this ownership group has has been very different in the way that it treats uh, its players than than the past has with uh, you know Tom Yaki and and those yeah. guys. So um, 
either way, it's just that it's it's not a great situation. Um, you know, we if if you're interested in more of a deep dive on this, um, definitely check out the Over the Monster podcast. Uh, I recorded one with uh, Keaton DeRocher uh, over the uh, Memorial Day break, um, and we really deep dive into where Dustin Pedroia's place in history is. Compare him to uh, Bobby Doerr. Uh, for the uh, best second baseman in Red Sox history. Um, so there's a lot of things that we do in there that I think are, are pretty fun as a historical look back. So definitely check that out if you're interested in, in that side of it. Um, another quick hit we should do um, before we kind of move on to talking about the game last night is uh, the, the death of Bill Buckner. Um, him passing away at 69 years old from dementia, uh, just a guy who got a complete raw deal uh, with the Red Sox and uh, took 22 years to basically heal in front of the fans. That, that's a tough situation for him. Yeah, I mean, it was, never, it was never fair, obviously. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. Um, but, yeah, he passes away uh, of dementia. Um, but 22 seasons, batting title, 2,700 hits. Um, pretty incredible career for a guy who's remembered basically for one play. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of shitty, but I think uh, definitely now, like after uh, the news of his passing got out, things started shifting towards more towards the positives, and I think that even started um, over the last like ten years or so. People started talking about Bill Buckner as more than just the guy who made the error in '86. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he should be remembered for that too, because uh, really. A lot of that's on the manager. Shouldn't have been in that game in the first place. Not with those knees. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, once we give you a word from our sponsor, we're going to come back and we're going to break down the bullpen uh, implosion from last night's game. All right, Red Sox fans, I'm excited to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Loki Bracelets. You've been hearing me talk about Loki Bracelets for a while now. Um, I've been wearing Loki bracelets for a few years. They're infused with water from Mount Everest, the highest point on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder to help you find your balance during life's highs and lows. As sports fans, we definitely experience highs and lows throughout the season. Loki's game day collection helps you stay humble and hopeful while repping your favorite team's colors. And with 10% of net profits donated to incredible charities, you can support your team and support causes around your world, around the world. Uh, I definitely needed my Loki bracelet last night as the bullpen imploded. Um, and uh, I'll probably need it again tonight during the uh, Bruins game to uh, help me stay even keeled during this one. And since Loki is a friend of the show, they are offering you an exclusive discount of 20% off of all game day collection bracelets. Go to Loki.com and use the promo code Boston Red Sox, all one word, to take advantage of this amazing deal. That's L-O-K-A-I.com and use code Boston Red Sox, all one word, for 20% off. So get out there, grab a Red Sox bracelet, grab a Bruins bracelet, and uh, celebrate your teams and support some great charities. Hey guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed at bluechew.com. That's blue like the color. Bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. 
You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to the door in a discreet package. So no in-person's, no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. You just have to pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, welcome back for segment two, everyone. Um, we're going to break down the 7-5 loss that the Red Sox suffered at the hands of the Cleveland Indians last night. Uh, and it truly was suffering here because uh, the Red Sox had a lead. Um, they were up uh, 3 to nothing. Uh, what was that, the eighth inning? Heading into the eighth, yeah. Heading into the eighth, yeah. Um, and David Price had pitched a really strong game for them, six innings, just three hits allowed, one walk, six Ks, uh, looked really strong out there. Brandon Workman came in, pitched a nice clean inning. Uh, and then Marcus Walden uh, got himself beat for two earned runs uh, against Francisco Lindor. Um, what was that at bat like for you, Matt? What would you see there? I mean, Walden didn't really have anything that whole game. Um, and Lindor is really good. I mean, he was throwing, he was trying to get him with breaking balls. I think he threw him maybe a fastball. It was pretty much all sliders. And uh he had two strikes. He tried to put him away with one and he left one right over the middle of the plate. And honestly he's lucky it wasn't a home run. It was just a double to score too. But uh yeah, Walden Walden looked really bad and I mean we're gonna get to the other guys, Brazier and uh Lakens are getting the bulk of the blame here. But I mean Walden forced Matt Barnes to come in earlier than he should have. And I mean that was that was huge because the plan was to go work with the seventh, Walden the eighth, Barnes in the ninth. Okay, so the plan was in place by Cora. Didn't exactly go as it was drawn up. Um Walden didn't have it, as you said, but um also getting beat by Lindor is um something that happens to a lot of pitchers. So that's uh Yeah. That pitch his pitch was terrible though. Yeah. It was it's a very bad pitch. Um, Barnes comes in, does his job, uh, does walk a guy, but then it gets to Brazier. Um, Brazier gives up three earned runs. Brazier just didn't seem like he had it at all today. He uh, yeah. he, had, he gave up two hits uh, basically right away, a walk, struck out no one, uh, allowed two home runs. Um, this is troublesome. Was, was this, in, in your estimation, more of the same type of things that we've seen plaguing him with um, just bad pitch mix and not trusting his slider. Yeah, I mean it was it was a his fastball was extremely flat. He had no command. Um yeah, he didn't really throw many sliders. He's I mean he's terrible right now. He should not be pitching in these situations. This was the very bottom of the order. And I mean Greg Allen, I think, had a 0.87 batting average coming into this game, and 
he hit the tying home run. Um, yeah, Brazier never should be in that situation, but they don't really have better options. I mean, it's just indicative of where the bullpen is right now. How about the fact that Jose Ramirez on the year is batting 204, 308, 301? He had a good game yesterday. That was... Uh, he got on base a few times, but yeah, he's been terrible this year. That is one of the strangest things that's happened this entire year that I feel like no one is talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, the Indians are kind of a boring team, so I feel like nobody's talking about them in general. But yeah, he's probably been one of, if not the most disappointing players in baseball so far. Yeah, this, this dude was an MVP that was basically hitting everything last year. He didn't quite yeah, two win years, the MVP. Two straight but. years, he's been like an MVP caliber player. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, this this Indians offense is not good. I mean, looking down the line, starting with Jose Ramirez, we're looking at 204, 224, 210, 106, and 243 uh, in that lineup. Uh, there's a reason why this team is 500 at this point uh, rather than their usual division-leading self, and it's because that offense is just pitiful. Um, but, yeah, the, the offense looked quite good against Brazier, and then Lakins comes in for the final inning here, uh, gives up one hit, uh, two earned runs as well. Um, but the big story with him, I think, is the walks. He came in through 25 pitches, only nine strikes, and just didn't seem to have any control. Yeah, he couldn't find the strike zone, and uh, Eckersley was going nuts during this because he couldn't, he wouldn't throw a fastball. It was all cutters and curveballs, and. Eckersley's like screaming, like just throw a cross and you get you got to throw a strike. And he, yeah, he was nowhere near the zone. I, uh, I think he's probably going to get sent down today. That was the kind of performance where I don't think you stay on the major league roster after that. Who comes up? I keep saying Josh Taylor, so I guess I'll say that again. <laughs> okay, I mean the, the options are really limited at this point. You got like yeah. three guys you can pick from, and you you can't call up Colton Brewer yet, so. Um, yeah, probably Josh. That'll be fine. You know, we'll see somebody else. I mean, maybe he won't get sent down, but I mean, I just I don't know how you can keep. I mean, his confidence has to be shot right now for one. <laughs> it's not going to help him to ride the bus, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's it was that was as bad uh, of a pitching performance. I mean, it was like every at bat he just didn't have a chance. So. Out of the, the three guys that gave it up in the bullpen last night, uh, was Lakins the worst for you, or was Brazier the worst? Uh, Brazier was probably worse, but I definitely had a worse time watching Lakins. I mean, it was brutal. 20 pitches, and I he threw like, I don't know, I'm exaggerating, but it seemed like he threw like three strikes, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, did Brazier even get a guy out? He did not. He faced three guys. And home run, walk home run. Mm. Brazier gets the cake for King Bonehead last night. I think it was just that he faced fewer batters, so I didn't really have to watch him as long. <laughs> I like that. Just grading it on how long you had to watch these <laughs> yeah. guys. Yes. Um, you know, the, the weird thing here is, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, Keaton on the Over the Monster podcast. Is I was actually looking at the, the roster resource page for this team after Holt came up. Uh, it's another thing we haven't touched on since we've we've been away is Holt's activation. But after his activation, the bullpen finally looked normal, and and also it looked like sort of the best version of the bullpen that we had seen at any point this year with 
Brazier, Barnes, Workman, Walden, Hembry, and Hembry I at least trust a little bit. Um, Lakeids and, and Velasquez, I was kind of like, oh, all right, like, this is starting to, it looks a little weak at the back end with, with Lakeids and Velasquez, but overall, like, not terrible. Um, and then they go out and, and, you know, give up the game right away and let me know that, you know, these bullpen struggles are not going away anytime soon. No, I mean, they've performed well. They deserve credit for that, but it's never seemed like it's been real. Um, they need, Honestly, they probably need two other guys. They need at least one other guy with Barnes because Barnes Barnes is doing really well in his role, but his role means that you're going to need another guy with him because you never know when he's going to come in. And If it's a game like last night where he's coming early in the eighth, you have nobody behind him in the ninth, and that's just – that's how games like this – I mean, games like this aren't going to – seven runs in the ninth inning. That's not going to happen to any bullpen on a regular basis, but I mean, it's just, it's indicative of the lack of overall talent here. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to give Marcus Waldman a pass because he's been so incredible this year, Um, but my circle of trust in this bullpen now is down to Barnes, uh, Workman, and Walden, and uh, I would even push Keith Hembry ahead of Brazier on the uh, chart. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hembry was unavailable last night, but... um... Yeah, I mean, I, Walden and Workman have been good. I don't like them as the second and third best relievers in a bullpen, though. No. I think that's miscasting, though. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, this team's going to need to add. Um, what do you think is going to happen? So when Brian Johnson comes back, he has to take one of these spots, either of presumably Lakins or Velasquez. And when Eovaldi comes back, he's going to take Weber's spot. Um, maybe. You th- whoa, whoa, okay. What do you think? Eovaldi could go to the bullpen? No. I think Weber could go to the bullpen. Okay, okay. And whose spot would he take, do you think? Lakins or Velasquez? Or do you think that he would Yeah, I guess. Else? I mean, this is a long... Yeah, I guess. it's This is a long way away. I mean, I don't know what the bullpen's going to look like at that point. But, I mean, Weber's been pitching pretty well. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and find a... If he keeps throwing like this, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and find a way to keep him. Well, the other X factor in here is that Stephen Wright's probably going to be ready after a rehab assignment probably sometime around, what, mid-July? Yeah, probably. I mean, he's got no options either, so he's someone that you're going to have to think about. Yeah, I mean, this is a long way away. This is, we're talking about pitchers. A lot, of, a lot of stuff is going to happen between now and then. I guess my point here is that, like, I don't really see a path for Tyler Thornburg to ever return to this bullpen with all these no. guys with no options. Like, I just think that, you know, that's probably, probably that's not, but I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that was the assumption the whole time though. Yeah, they're going to mean they're going to need to make some tough choices in this bullpen because a lot of the guys that, you know, are not super important, uh, to this bullpen uh, are out of options, so I mean they're gonna have to gonna have to figure it out, um, especially if they're gonna add somebody. I don't know. I don't think the decisions will be that hard because the pitchers just aren't good enough that it's that hard of a decision to make. All right. I mean I can't disagree. Not after last night. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it all year. The struggles are real. So. Uh, the Sox will get back on and and try and, uh, to wrap this thing up with a win uh, tonight. 
early start tonight in case yeah. people are going or something. It's bumped up to six. Yeah, six ten start, um, which is you know honestly a, a pretty nice uh, gesture by the uh, the ownership too uh, to kind of give a little bit of uh, leeway towards uh, the Bruins tonight. So uh, I think all games should start at six, anyways. But wait, what? I think all games should start at six. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought you said all games did start at six. I was like, oh, where, no, I where, wish. Where have you been, Matt? That would be a dream. Uh, tonight we do get Shane Bieber, uh, who has performed ridiculously well this season. One of the, the few extremely bright spots for the Indians um, it, versus Ryan Weber, who we talked about who's pitching really well. Um, but just to give people a little preview of what they're going to see with uh, Shane Bieber, uh, 311 ERA, 105 whip. The guy doesn't walk anybody, um, strikes out a ton of guys, um, has 79 Ks on the year already. Uh, he's basically having a dream season. Uh, this is a guy who kind of profiled as a three, uh, best case scenario three coming up. Um, and his stuff kind of took a step forward and he has been much better than that. So, um, I'm excited to watch Bieber actually. Yeah. He had a, uh, 15 strikeout, no walk start, uh, two times out ago. So. He's very good. He has had a couple of starts where he's gotten hit around a little bit, so he's not like totally unhittable, but he's definitely, definitely very the best pitcher that we'll see in this series. Yep, and uh, you know that's saying a lot considering the pitchers that are on this team. So, um, all right, I think that about does it um, for for the podcast. Any closing thoughts on this one, Matt? Uh, no, I don't really want to think about this one anymore. Alright, that sounds good to me. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show. Remember, you can subscribe to the show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Red Sox, and your smart device will do that for you right away. Um, If you haven't tried Himalaya yet, um, do so. It's free. It's super easy to use. It has every single podcast you love or are searching for. Uh, it has personally curated playlists uh, made just for you by expert podcast tastemakers. They have themed collections of shows which kind of help you discover things, whether you're into comedies, mysteries, thrillers, or sports. Um, you can kind of follow your favorite shows and creators as well. You can thumbs up content. Um, you can create playlists. There's so many things you can do with Himalaya, so it's it's very curated to you, the user. Um, and like I said, it is free, so make sure um, you're you're going on and checking that out. And don't forget to follow Locked on Red Sox as soon as you um, get on to Himalaya. If you enjoyed the show, please go on and rate and review us. You can follow us uh, on Twitter as well. You can follow the Locked on Red Sox account at LO underscore Red Sox. You can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins. You can follow me at, at Def Jake. You can ask us questions and interact with us there. Lastly, urge other Red Sox fans to subscribe to the show. Fans of the league as a whole, uh, tune into Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So thanks so much, and we'll be with you tomorrow.